Well, another Sunday, another Chicago Bears loss. They lose to the Vikings 19-13. to uh, They tried to win it late in the game, but a turnover ended the Bears game and their comeback. So they lose to the Vikings 19-13, to bringing their record to 1-5, and 0-3 at home, making the Vikings record 2-4. and uh, We're going to discuss the game here. Usually Zach Kyleman joins me. Uh, scheduling conflicts. Uh, he cannot be here. Um, so it's just going to be me. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. And then click on the Bear Down playlist. This is a Bear Down segment of the show. Uh, so like and subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Follow Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter and Coach Steve72 on Instagram. Uh, and then check out all the other episodes. Leave a comment in the comment section down below as well. Um, so let's talk about the Chicago Bears loss here uh, to the Vikings 19-13. to not a lot to talk about, but a lot to talk about at the same time. Um, there's a big obvious part here um, of that everybody's going to be talking about, and I'm going to talk about here as well. The Bears, um, let's talk about the first half first. The first half, I thought the Bears' defense played well. I thought the whole game, the defense showed very much improvement of high energy. I thought the corners and safeties played a lot more physical, and I just thought run-wise, run defense-wise, they, they, they played well. So defensively, it looks like the Bears are slowly starting to find their footing, starting to find their way a little bit with Matty Berflus calling the defense. Um, and I think it's slowly starting to figure itself out. Not saying they're going to be some dominant defense, but I think that's being overlooked right now is they're, they're starting to play a little bit better. They held Minnesota to 46 yards rushing. I mean, their highest rusher had 18 carries for 44 yards, so the rush defense it was starting to play a lot better. And so all over Twitter you're seeing things about the defense, and it's just because the defense isn't getting the stops that we want them to in certain situations, which you cannot control entirely. But Look at it from this way too. Third down, two of thirteen for the Vikings. So the Bears' defense is playing was playing a lot better. Um, two hundred twenty yards total yards. I mean, what else can you expect? Well, the Vikings didn't have Jefferson. They still had talented wide receivers. Kirk Cousins is still a good quarterback. He was twenty-one to thirty-one, hundred eighty-one yards and a touchdown. So we held them. We had more yards on offense than they did. The Bears had two hundred seventy-five total yards. So the defense, I thought, was flying around. I thought they were making tackles. They were being very physical. And in that fourth quarter, when we needed to rally around and get stops, they were able to do that. Uh, the fumble return for a touchdown, that was the only time they really scored in the second half. So if you think about it, we only gave up. You know, we had the block extra point, And, and we, the defense only gave up about 12 points. So... They, they did their job against the Vikings. They, the Bears' defense put the offense in positions to be successful. And I don't want that to be overlooked. It's going to get overlooked by Bears' expert Twitters. It's going to get looked over by these podcast experts, you know, these guys that, you know, most of them talk about things that they have no clue about anything and nothing about football. They don't know blocking schemes. They don't know pass protections. They don't, I don't even know if they know what a cover two is. They, they think they might be able to, but they don't. Um, but I thought the defense played a lot better. The high energy was there. Soldier Field was rocking. Uh, I just thought there was a lot of high energy when the defense was out there playing. It looked like a Matt Eberflus type of defense when he was calling it for the Indianapolis Colts. So I don't want that to be overlooked. 
but I already know Bears fans and Bears Twitter is not going to want to give Matt Eberflus any sort of credit. They want him fired a long time ago. Um, but you, ha- I like the way I have to give Justin Fields credit when he does things. I think we have to give Matt Eberflus some credit too, and the defensive staff for being down their original defensive play caller into the season, and then now Matt Eberflus has to step in and make the calls. And yes, Minnesota is not the same Minnesota team that they were, but they're. St- still a good team. They're still going to do good things. They still have a good quarterback. They have athletic wide receivers. Um, I thought the defensive, their offensive line um, plays well also. So defensively, I just thought the Bears overall, they played fine. You know, they gave up that field goal in the beginning, which is what you want. Then Minnesota scored nine points in the second half and the second quarter. And then um, they got that you know, that fumble for a touchdown in the third, which was on the offense. So defensively, you're not giving up a lot of points, and you only gave up 220 yards. Uh, Vikings had four yards per play. And then the, the big one, again, like I already said, was rushing. Only 46 yards rushing. So the Bears defense is starting to turn a corner. They they a little bit healthier than what they were. You know, you get Brisker back. You get a couple of those guys back um, rotated in. The corners started to be more physical and poke balls away and make life a a little bit more difficult. Um, They got pressure on Kirk Cousins at times, and then because of that, they had to keep extra guys in to block, which then causes less guys out in the uh, receiving areas, and so you're able to um, play better defense that way. Um, The offense in the first half, that the this is what the Vikings game plan was coming in. You could see it right away. What is a way to make the Bears offense struggle? Well, you need to keep Justin Fields in the pocket. You need to do the best you can to keep him there. Because if you want to lose the game, you want Justin Fields to pass the ball. Now, the Bears offense was not healthy. Um, they're down all their running backs. You had to activate Foreman. You had to activate a couple other guys to come in that haven't really played, you're out Herbert, you're out a couple of those guys. So the run game-wise, you knew that it's going to be a little suspect. Um, You know, offensive line still plays a little bit spotty. Um, You know, and so they this is what they decided to do. They said, okay, Justin Fields is known to hold on to the ball too long in the pass game. So if we decide to bring pressure and force him to think a little bit quicker than what he's used to and – if he holds on to the ball too long, one or two things is going to happen. He's going to force a pass, or he's going to take off and run. Now, the times that he did take off and run, there was times he got first downs. There was times he was able to move you know, the yardsticks. Good. That's what he needs to be doing. We don't need these quote-unquote design runs. Um, I thought the offense on zone runs was working good because they were too affixated on Justin Fields so we could hand the ball off and get three to four yards, or – the way I like Fields to run the football is a zone read because then he can slide, not going to take a necessary hit. Maybe he runs out of bounds on a zone inside zone read. And the way he was faking the ball, I like those type of plays for him. But the offensive line, people can say, was struggling in pass protection, which they were. But when the Vikings are bringing a lot of pressure, this is what's going to happen. And if Fields is onto the ball too long and they put a spy on him at times, that's a way to stand there and say that this is how we're going to beat the Bears. I said this the last two games. The offense has looked a lot better. But they are going to live and die by those that type of offense. What type of offense am I talking about? Well, the type of offense where 
you have to get rid of the ball in two seconds. It's got to be a quick game for Justin Fields. Then occasionally you take your shot downfield. It's the Sean Payton approach. You take about two shots a quarter just to kind of show the defense, hey, you're willing to throw it deep. Um, they need the run game going. They need the pass plays or the pass uh, play action passes. And then they need RPOs. Well, how do you get rid of RPOs? Well, you're going to play man defense. Well, then if you're playing man defense and you're blitzing more than the offense can protect and Justin Fields now has to react and think, this is what you're going to do. Then in hopes of what turn, that turns into is that Justin Field now gets what I call happy feet because these experts don't understand the movement of the quarterback is also going to affect the pocket and it's going to affect the offensive line. Well, what do I mean? Well, defensive linemen are taught a couple different ways to look past the offensive line. They do not want the defensive lineman to stand up above the offensive line to try to find where the running back is, or where the quarterback is. Why? Well, because now you're fixing on that. And two, you're high and the offensive linemen are able to get underneath your shoulder pads. They're going to drive you. They're going to go after your ribs. They're going to do those things. So defensive linemen are taught a couple of different ways to get low, get extension. And you're going to look at one of two things. You're going to look at the feet or you're going to try to find their hip. You're going to try to get extension from the O-line, and you're going to try to look for their hip. Well, depending on what type of pass protection you call, is it a straight bob protection, big on big, where you just want the V pocket? Is it a slide protection where you can move a little bit? It just all depends. So the O-linemen know if we're going a certain way, doing a certain pass protection, this is where hopefully the quarterback is. Now if they stunt and they send linebackers and blitz, that disrupts the pocket. When Justin Fields takes off and runs a couple times, He's going to go back to what he knows, okay? So they're bringing pressure. He's able to move a little bit. Now we're going to get into last year territory and the beginning of this year territory. What do I mean by that? Well, as soon as that one to two seconds hits, where now he's forced to read a little bit more instead of just getting rid of the ball like we saw the last two games, then his reaction is going to be to take off or it's going to be to move around the pocket when he doesn't need to yet because it's necessarily not breaking down. When that happens, that will tell that the defensive linemen are going to see the hip or the feet move. They're going to try to move with it, which then causes the offensive line to try to move with it, and maybe they're not mentally prepared for it because they're expecting him to stay in a certain area. Because you need people need to look at that. When the quarterback starts to do that in the pocket, well, then it affects the offensive lineman's pass protection. And then I know they're pros, and this shouldn't affect them as much, but as an offensive lineman, if the quarterback's moving and then he gets tackled or whatever, the first instinct is going to be, well, it was our fault because the pocket broke down. I'm not saying it's all on Justin Fields when that happens. I'm not saying it's all on the offensive lineman when that happens. But experts out there are going to say it's all the offensive line and nothing is Justin Fields' fault. But again, these are the type of people that don't understand that part of the game because they don't know the game. And that's okay. They can have their opinions on it. They just have to be open to the idea of, well, it could be the quarterback's fault when he's moving a certain time. The same way I'm going to sit here and admit to you that there are times that that offensive line could not pass protect longer than two seconds. But that was the, the game plan for the Vikings. Hey, if we force Justin Fields to read the defense, we force him to have to get rid of the ball quick, we're going to be in good shape because that's not what he's good at. You're going to force, try to force him into something that he's not good at. And they're okay with him getting the occasional first downs because they know eventually 
they're not going to complete a pass. We're going to be able to stop the run game, and you're forcing him to do something that he's not necessarily good at yet as he's continuing his development. So the Bears on third down were 6 of 14. It's not good. Um, they passed on first downs eight times. They ran the ball on first downs nine times. A little, t- you know, pretty balanced there. Um, Justin Fields did not have a good game passing because they are forcing him to have to read some things. He was 6 of 10, 58 yards, um, and he had an interception. He got hit four times now. Are all four sacks on the offensive lineman? No, but people are going to say that. Um, I thought, but then you're also missing in the past game. I don't think was talked about enough was pass protection from a running back perspective. Herbert is not the best at it, but now you have Dante Foreman. He's not the best pass protection guy either. Um, you know, Evans in there. So running back pass protection wasn't the best either. Um, when they're bringing more than you can block or the running back's not going to be able to do that and Justin Fields moving around, that's what's going to happen. Uh, Foreman ended up with 65 yards rushing. Fields had 46. Evans had 32. Um, leading receiver was DJ Moore with 51 yards. Mooney with 48 yards. So the Vikings just took things away that the Bears were going to that we're used to getting in the last two games. And again, I said this the last two times, is that this is the type of offense we're going to have to see with Justin Fields, and they got to live and die by if it gets taken away and things aren't going. This is what it's going to look like. If the defense can't take it away, then we're going to see the type of offense we were seeing the last two games. Um, but then the big talk is going to be all week or all day. I haven't really seen anything updated-wise yet. Um, you know, again, this was recorded live about a half hour after um, – was uh, recorded here. Um, Adam Schefter, about 10 minutes ago, said Bears head coach Matt Eberflew said x-rays on Justin Fields' right hand were negative. He'll go on an MRI. What does that mean? Well, he got hurt because uh, he kept moving around and taking unnecessary hits. Um, he ended up getting out of the game in the third quarter due to a hand injury. He was ruled questionable, and then he was ruled out. Um, so everybody was speculating on, is it a broken hand or not? So they said x-rays were negative. He's going to MRI. What does that mean? Well, it just means what kind of severity. Is it a broken bone? Is it a broken finger? Is it a strain? Is it just ligaments? Those type of things. Um, I think it was his throwing hand. And so when that happens, well, here comes Tyson Bajit, Baggett, Bajin, say his name wrong, T- Tyson Bajin. And all offseason, Bears fans were clamoring about this guy, how a good backup he was. Well, the moment he got in, all Bears Twitter just broke down saying the season's over, blah, blah, blah. If you thought it was going to be a long season before, wait for this. And it's just how quickly they think we all forget, kind of like politics where we kind of, you know, people think we forget what they say. I thought he looked good in the offseason. He broke a lot of records in the Division II level. And uh, he is your traditional pocket quarterback who can move a little bit. He had his own read there. Um, He came in and play calling. I hate questioning play calling, but a couple screen passes there that were called that I was like, "Uh, should that be the play call? Then in the pocket, pocket broke down. He went to throw it. It got hit. They returned the ball for a touchdown. And people, I'm not blaming him. Um. You know, that was just an unfortunate situation, kind of like Justin Fields' fake wide zone got hit. They turned it for a touchdown, same thing. But then he comes down, uh, marches right down the field. He had a lot of good passes. He stood in the pocket. Um, He gets rid of the ball quick, which I like. He gets rid of the ball way quicker than Justin Fields. He stands in the pocket. I think that with a couple more practices, if he has to be the quarterback, he can feel the pocket and be a traditional pocket quarterback. 
Um, he took off a couple times. He had the zone read and was able to take off. So I think that's what he can bring to the table. Um, he marched. And then after that, he marched the team right down and he, they were able to get a score. Um, I mean, he was 10 of 14, 83 yards. I mean, better than Justin Fields passing. He did have the interception at the end. He tried to throw it into the end zone, had really nothing on it, made that mistake and threw it um, at the end there when they were trying to march down the field to, to score. And they had all the momentum. Soldier Field was rocking and then had that one mistake. Um, and I know that he might come up there and say, I lost it for us. No, you, you can't sit there and blame one thing. There are one player. Besides the hit there and that interception, he had a lot of glimpses of looking good. Um, they put Lucas Patrick in at center because we were struggling with some snaps. And I always I get Doug Kramer in. If Doug Kramer's healthy and you've got Lucas Patrick struggling with snaps, you've got Cody Whitehair struggling with snaps, get Doug Kramer in. He played center for five years at Illinois. I know he got hurt last year. I know he's trying to come back and be healthy. But if he's able to play and those guys are struggling with snaps, you might as well just get him in. You know, we're not competing for a Super Bowl, probably not competing for a playoff spot. So I was just completely wondering why they don't put Doug Kramer in. Just just get him in. See what the guy can do. You know, you're keeping him for a reason. I know he's been injured, but you're keeping him for a reason. He must look good at times when he's able to practice. Get that guy in. Uh so I, I thought Tyson looked good. Um, he's able to get the ball quick. He hit the uh, short game uh, guys pretty quick, which is what we need. Um, and then the run game started to become alive there, and then the energy started to come, so he brought a different type of po- energy. Um, I'm not Again, I'm not a Justin Fields guy, obviously. Justin Fields is way more athletic than Tyson, but he's going to be that guy that's able to stand in the pocket He's not going to take off and run immediately. He's not going to hold on the ball too long. Um, so that, that's what he was able to bring. And so if t- it depends on what Justin Fields' um, injury is. If they do the MRI on Monday, what's that necessarily going to um, bring? So if Justin Fields has to be out for any amount of time, a game, two games, whatever it is, what are we going to see with Tyson playing quarterback? Well, you're going to go to a traditional – you believe it or not, you might start to see more of a Green Bay Packers offense from Aaron Rodgers because of Luke Getze. And Luke Getze was the quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. What do I mean by that? Well, Tyson's not going to be a guy that can take off and run exactly like Justin Fields. He's not as athletic as Justin Fields in that aspect. But he's going to be a guy that can move in the pocket. You can still move the pocket on rollouts or shift the pocket like you were doing with Fields. I think you can do a lot of more under center play action stuff. I don't know if he can read a defense. I'm not going to sit here and say he can or can't, you know, because we've seen Justin Fields be a little bit slow reading that stuff. We saw good glimpses of it from Tyson today in the game. But I think that's the type of things you're going to be able to go to with him because he is your tradition, looks like more of a traditional pocket quarterback than what Justin Fields is. So if Justin Fields has to be out, you're going to have to shift the game plan a little bit, but maybe you're going to be able to go to some of the things you were trying to get Justin to do in the first couple games, and we were struggling at it. Maybe he's the type of person that can do that. Um, now, I, I think that teams are going to have the same game plans. They're going to, after watching the Vikings, they're going to say, if we blitz a lot with the low line, if they're struggling to pick up the pass protection with the running back, we're going to, ha- we're going to do that, and we will live and die by the Bears beating us in the pass game. And I think Tyson gets rid of the ball pretty quickly, a lot more quickly than Justin Fields. I'm not saying he has a stronger arm, but to get rid of the ball quickly and make those split-second decisions, I think will be okay. So not saying that they should start him over Justin necessarily. 
um, because we only seen him play in the offseason. But if Justin has to be out and Tyson comes in and shows some stuff, the question then is going to be, okay, this season, you know, we're <laughs> we're sitting here at 1-5. and five. If Tyson comes in and let's say they win a game or they're, they play an off better offensively like they did the last two games, then Justin comes back. Do you decide, okay, Justin, um, this guy is hot right now where you're not going to play. You're just going to get healthy. Because I don't know if Ryan Poles and company want Justin to be their guy. And you see this sometimes when new management comes in, new GM, now you've got a new, uh, you know, Kevin Warren comes in. They didn't draft Justin Fields. You know, you got a new president, you got a new GM, you got a new head coach. Is Justin their guy? Well, they're giving him every opportunity to be the guy. Uh, people are going to blame the coaching and everything else, and that's fine. All right to your opinion. But is he going to be the guy? Are they invested in that? Is Tyson going to be their guy? They're looking at Caleb Williams. Is that going to be, you know, the guy they're going to look at in the draft? Not sure. Um, but, you know, they're going to look at playing the Raiders next. And if Justin can't go, if Tyson can come in and win that game, do you just kind of stick with him depending on what he how he plays? Then you got the Chargers, which would be a tough one. Um, Saints is another winnable game. Panthers a winnable game. You're not going to beat the Lions. So it's going to be quite interesting to see. Um, people are going to want Justin to play, obviously, because Fox Sports, ESPN, and everybody in the world wants Justin Fields to be the the best quarterback ever to walk the earth for some reason. I'm not sure why they want him to be the best quarterback to walk the earth, but that's what they want. And I, I don't know. Um, but Justin might be out. We're just going to have to wait and see till Monday. But if he is out, how confidently Bears fans do you feel with Tyson coming in? I feel pretty good watching you get him a lot of first-team reps this week if he has to. I'm going to feel pretty good about it. Um, from what I saw, I saw a lot of good glimpses there. Um, but this is kind of like last year where Justin went down. And then we played the Jets, and I felt pretty good about the quarterback coming in, and uh, we did not play well. So I have been burned by this before. But typical Bears fashion, we can't have our our highs up too high. Uh, we kind of just have to stay level-headed um, when it comes to those type of th- this type of thing because they tend to hurt us a lot. You know, being a Bears fan is a struggle. A lot of times, a lot of times it's a struggle. Um, so I thought the the defense is kind of on the up and up here, and I'm excited to see if it continues to go on the up and up, if they continue to play a lot better. You know, contrary to a lot of what people think, Eberflus will keep his job because if the defense is playing a lot better and that's because he's calling it and it's getting better, Eberflus is going to keep his job. And he'll keep it into next year if they continue to, to play better. And they they were playing with high energy. And, you know, when you play with confidence and high energy, good things are going to happen no matter talent-wise. Um, if they get healthier, they're going to continue to get better. Offensively, if they can get the running backs back, I think they just have to figure out their center position here. Um, you know, Tevin Jenkins was back, and he was able to push the pile. So if they get back to that run game and they get to that traditional style of the NFL um, with Tyson playing, I think that – some things can happen here, and, you know, I don't wish Justin Fields to have a broken hand or anything like that, um, you know, but that, that's kind of where we're at here with the Bears. Um, Bears Twitter and experts 
are going to have a lot of opinions and say Tyson's not the guy, even though during the preseason they loved watching it, but now they're going to, you know, they're going to flip-flop, and that's why I call Bears experts. Um, they call, I call them flip-floppers. They think that we forget what they say, and then I see all the tweets, and, you know, I comment to them. Um, like yesterday, you know, Caleb Williams is struggling against Notre Dame, and they said, oh, this is the guy you want over Justin Fields, and I had to point out, well, remember when he threw three interceptions versus Indiana? Oh, remember when he didn't throw touchdown passes versus Northwestern? Um, you know, oh, remember when he couldn't win the national championship? You know, that type of thing. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just pointing that out there. You know, every quarterback's going to have a bad game, and, but they were quick to point that out. So if if Caleb Williams is the best guy out there, how do you not draft him? Um, but, yeah, so Bears experts are going to do that. Um, leave a comment in the comment section down below with your guys' thoughts. Um, make sure you guys like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow Ray on Apple and iTunes and Spotify. Um, check out all the other videos. Uh, subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Click on the Bear Down part, and you'll get all the Bear Down uh, videos. Um, make sure you follow Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter and Coach Steve72 on Instagram. And then there's the Coach Steve Show on Facebook. Um, so thank you guys for watching and for listening. Uh, another sad day to be a Bears fan. Um, so thank you, everybody. Uh, we will see you guys next time.